Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 182 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Iskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices about wealth management technology. My guest for this episode is Brad Genser, founder and CTO of digital advisory firm Farther. Now, I was a little confused uh, about what Farther was. I wasn't sure if it was a robo-advisor, was it an online firm, a wealth management firm, what were they doing? So Brad did provide a good answer, which you will hear in the, in the interview if I can tease it a little bit. Now, Farther uh, received the $15 million Series A round of funding back in July of 2022 from some pretty impressive VCs, including Bessemer Venture Partners, Coastal Ventures, Mass Mutual Ventures, that's the name of a few. Brad founded the firm four years ago. Before that, he was a Goldman for five years. Before that, he was a U.S. Army officer for five years. Brad has a BS in mechanical engineering from the United States Military Academy at West Point. Very impressive. And his master's in mechanical engineering and an MBA from MIT. Now, if you're impressed by that, and if you are an executive of a wealth tech firm that's selling software to RIAs, broker-dealers, asset managers, TAMPs, or others, then you should run not walk to our website, ezragroupllc.com, and fill out the Get In Touch form on our homepage. Our industry experts can deliver a wide range of advice, including competitive analysis, new product evaluations, market insights, and strategic advice, client buying decisions, integration development services, that's a new one, and more. Every vendor needs these things to be successful, especially when entering new markets. And you can get on the right track by going to ezragroupllc.com. Now, a few quick housekeeping notes before we continue. We support uh, here at Ezra Group a number of nonprofit organizations that do some fantastic work for a variety of causes. And one you should check out is the Invest in Others Foundation, which you can learn more about at investinothers.org. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. All right, now let's kick this thing off. I'm excited to introduce our next guest on the program. It is Brad Genser, founder and CTO of Farther. Brad, welcome. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I am excited to have you here. Where are you calling in from? Uh, so I'm calling in from my home in New Jersey, and I'm just outside of New York. Uh, I've kind of split my time between the office there and uh, in my house. You know, these days being remote and being flexible is a good thing. Indeed it is. And you are in now snowy New Jersey. Is that correct? Snow, snowy New Jersey. The first time this year. We've had some near ahead. Uh, and I actually got excited a little bit to go out and shovel some snow this morning. It's uh, it's very satisfying. It's not satisfying every day of the week. But like a couple times a year, very satisfying. <laughs> if it was satisfying every day of the week, we live in Buffalo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There are places for, for people who find it to be satisfying every day. <laughs> exactly. And I'm usually right near you in New Jersey, uh, but I'm the past couple weeks I've been in London, so I'm doing my London uh, gig for a while. So we're going to do this international podcast episode. Uh, so well, how's the weather in London? Pretty good. It's much better than New Jersey. It's not. It's still dreary <laughs> and you know gray and in the forties, but it's not snowing. So, but it's not New Jersey. It's London, which is way better. So. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be in the program. So um, why don't you kick us off with a 30-second elevator pitch for Farther? Sure. So Farther is a, is a new type of financial institution. 
And, you know, we are a wealth tech firm, but really we are a financial institution. We're an independent advisory firm. We have advisors who are employees at Farther and work at Farther. Uh, and right at our core is a, is a wealth tech platform. Uh, and it's really designed to bring everything in one place, tie together planning and action. So there's a big gap between planning and action um, in, in our industry and provide the clients with broadest access to solutions. And what really differentiates us is, is you know, technology gives us the ability to to provide a little bit better service, more focused, more client focused uh, service. It allows our advisors to be boosted and kind of be more scalable and thoughtful about their business, uh, which is pretty exciting for clients and advisors. So an independent uh, advisory firm, well, of course, every advisor firm has wealth tech, so it's not unusual. You have to power your business with something. But what's the primary function of your service? So looking at your website and marketing, I mean, you seem to have a mm-hmm. lot of different things going. And you have a lead gen tool, um, you have an end-to-end digital wealth management platform. What What is your primary um, delivery service of your product delivery to market? Sure. So we are, so if we had to use current day industry terms, I think it's different. The industry is going through a, is going through kind of a, a big transition in, in its history. Uh, you know, if we, and just, I like to give this kind of overview for people uh, a, a little bit, you know, uh, who might not be as familiar with the industry, every sort of wealth management firm spun out of a corporate focused uh, kind of investment bank at first. And then we started seeing the rise of independent advisors who were more focused on clients. And that was the right move. It just wasn't a scalable move because at the end of the day, it was people plugging away at spreadsheets and, and the technology that was available at the time. And then we had sort of, and then we had sort of uh, robo advice and uh, more scalable solutions, but they were missing some of that human element. And we at Farther are really here to bring together a solution for for people of complexity. Uh, typically, we would in the industry would say high net worth uh, high net worth clients and advisors who focus on high net worth clients. So the full suite uh, investments, trust and estate, tax aware kind of planning uh, is all here at Farther. And every single aspect of what an advisor does and what clients do is integrated into our tech platform. And likewise, our tech platform is built around people not the other way around. That's good to hear. You definitely want a tech platform built for tech. You definitely want people using the platform. So are your, so you've got on, on your website, you have advisors and clients, a separate section yes. of the website. So do you sell direct to consumer or is it only through advisors? So we, so we grow primarily and, and mo- mostly by focusing on advisors. So advisors are currently at other independent advisors. They're at big, larger financial firms and they're saying, hey, I think there's a big thing happening in wealth these days. I think we can serve our clients better by having a more tech forward experience. Uh, I believe I can do have more of a focus on clients if, if I really can use an integrated technology solution. And we provide that platform here at Farther. And just something that you know you said is everyone every sort of wealth or independent advisory firm has some tech right, but it's typically unintegrated. It's typically not built from first principles. Our tech is customized or is custom. It was built. We have built every building block of it, um, and uh, so that it is all synchronized, so that we do we can do things that other wealth tech firms cannot. We're not stitching together and bolting together solutions here. Indeed, there are some advantages to building everything yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. You get exactly what you want. You get exactly what you want, and you get exactly what clients want, which is we're here for we're here for clients at the end of the day. The downside, uh, 
of, the, of that is that you don't get the broader access to other uh, information. For example, if you were buying a product from a vendor, they've got hundreds of other products who are then giving them information and updating their, their product with other features you may not think of. So you don't have access to that. How do you maintain that those capabilities and things you're not getting from thousands of other uh, wealth advisory firms delivering features to a, a third party vendor? Well, I, I think that there's a sort of a difference, and I, and I would say that like maybe I'll I'll sort of go back and say, you know, we we really are building the experience layer to the financial system, and what we do is we actually reach down for best of breed kind of solutions. So there's no there's no need for me to build a performance calculator, for example. There are plenty of plenty of places that do that quite well, and I'd rather reach down to them, but integrate them into an experience that feels totally seamless for the clients and advisors, uh, and that's how we sort of go about things. So we we are sort of like. You know, we are hungry, we are hum but we are also humble about what we can build and what we should build and very selective um, in, in sort of what we do. But we do want to own that client experience and that advisor experience and make sure that it is it is truly flawless. Hungry and humble. That's a good teacher. <laughs> so Maybe I should um, have you did Grace will get on it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can you guys can have that. It's a great one. The um so you, you didn't build your own performance calculation software, you, you're using that through some other vendor. That's right, that, that, that's right. And um, I won't name vendors that we use, but they are you know, a top vendor in the, in the industry, lots and lots of experience. And I'm sure that, you know, as you know, and many of our uh, many of the listeners here know, uh, bringing together data from multiple custodians, and we are a multi-custodian platform, uh, is very difficult. and uh, and doing performance calculations is needs to be done carefully and um you know there are lots of people who do that very well and we are happy to partner with them this is a tech podcast you can mention names of vendors they'll be very happy to be associated with you. Funny. Um, <laughs> I'm sure so they would. which other parts of your tech did you outsource so in, in, i think that like rather than focusing on what what we what we outsource i think it's more interesting about talking about what we actually get to what we've actually get to do now because there have been a lot of solved problems that have been waiting for an integra integration layer so we just talked about performance and the ability to read data well that's only uh performance is actually uh solved for managed accounts at custodians but we also have to add in things like alternative assets that are typically manually tracked and, and we have to sort of build a process to bring those together and add them into performance. Uh, we have to add in other accounts and have the ability to bring in things, bring in other accounts via things like Plaid and other aggregators um, in order to uh, to see the whole picture. So we can't move 401ks at your current employer, for example, but we can see it. And based on that, we can actually build sort of sort of recommendations in an automated way or sort of quantitatively driven way and take actions based on on the entire picture, which is really kind of a neat thing that we get to do um, versus other vendors who are trying to like, you know, who are typically very focused on one narrow area. Wealth is about people, it's about accounts and assets, and it's about uh, it's about kind of service professionals and advisors. And you have to bring all this all those things together in one place and we do that through through father's platform well building recommendations in a quantum way sounds great and definitely people accounts assets advisors are all the four pillars of the business so um when you're you're going out to bring advisors onto your platform um do you mm -hmm. if an advisor comes to work for you do they either bring all their assets to you or can they keep some assets you know, with their former business or if they're running an RIA and then part of their assets on your platform? Is it all or not? 
It's really all or none. And I think that that speaks to where we are as a company. I think we have, like I said, we're hungry. We have big ambitions here at Farther to build the next great financial institution. But, you know, where we are today is we really are, are looking for those foundational advisors who are all in on changing this industry. And uh, we have largely been able to recruit those types of people. So we're saying no to a lot of people too. You know, if you are here just to sell your, sell your book or a portion of your book, or just kind of use a little bit of the technology, that's not what we're interested in right now as a company. We're interested in, in, in advisors who are all in and, and will bring their entire book and will contribute to the growth of this industry and our platform. Where do most advisors who join Father come from? Are they mostly independent RIAs? Are they from broker dealers, from wirehouses? What's what's the source? <laughs> well, well, the good news, or I guess, the good news for a company like ours is that most most places where advisors live today, uh, they have created conditions for discontent <laughs> to, to some degree. So we actually see we actually see a, a pretty even split between independents and wirehouse advisors uh, at this point. Um, I think just just functionally, um, just functionally right now, uh, independent advisors are a little bit more of our focus. And, and typically we see, we see a couple of modes there. One is it, uh, sort of sole proprietors who are look, looking to scale. So it's really hard to run, you're running a business when you're, uh, when you're an independent advisor, you're doing all the marketing, all the compliance, all these other things and all their solutions uh, that for each one of those verticals, you have to put it all together and it's really hard to do. So we kind of see it, advisors who are like, I just want to focus on clients and grow coming to us and saying, but I, but I want to retain my independence and sort of like self-guided kind of nature. And we're perfect for that, that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, advisor. And likewise, junior partners at small at, at firms who are really looking, to, who are making their leap to say, I'm ready to do my, uh, to sort of do my, um, uh, go independent. I trust myself. I trust my clients. I'm ready to go. Those types of advisors are perfect for us right at this moment. And it changes over time. I'm sure it's everything, everything changes. We, we wouldn't want things to stay the same. <laughs> but how, so, so how do you compete? There's lots of companies out there, lots of independent advisory firms, great wealth technology, competing for the same pool of advisors to attract them to bear platforms. How do you compete with other RIA aggregators or, or very growing RIAs like Dynasty Hightower and other firms? Who's, who's your biggest competitor there? I just don't think that like right right now, so just to lay out the kind of like ways that we can see things, you can go to a wirehouse, you can go to another independent advisor that's kind of less tech enabled um, than we are, or you can go to an aggregator. Aggregators are going to be more of a kind of um, more of kind of a financial motivation, typically. And like I said, we're really looking for those growth, grow, those advisors who are looking to change this industry, looking to grow, and uh, are really client-focused. And that's really important to us. And I'm not saying that the advisors who join aggregators are not client-focused necessarily. Aggregators are not, not a bad thing. Wirehouses are not a bad thing. But right now, we don't see any sort of competition for, for the tech enabled like wealth play that is truly integrated from the ground up. We are the only ones at this point. A tech enabled wealth play. Yep. Tech enabled wealth play mm -hmm. with, with where, and, and I think that the key, the key kind of uh, differentiator there is that we, we are truly, we are, we are as much advisors as we are technologists and quants. 
we have teams that uh, we have teams of developers developing custom software and bridges that actually make a, a great integrated client experience every day. And you can sit down with me and we can chat about everything from everything from asset allocation all the way down to down to types of programming paradigms and the like. And that's pretty rare at, uh, at, at a, an RIA. Do you have any robo advisor or digital advisory services or every client who comes into father gets assigned to an advisor, a human advisor? Every every client who comes into Farther currently has an advisor, and this is sort of like one of the things that we fix. We believe that a great client experience uh, requires an, an advisor, and um, I, I don't even think that really needs to, it. Really, like, the types of clients we have are very complex, and even the ones who are more technologically oriented quickly find that with matters around taxes, trust and estate planning, the whole picture of wealth, and it becomes very complicated and overwhelming, and uh, and advisors are the only ones who can really step in and, and and guide that conversation at that point. I believe that will always be true, by the way. We can always make advisors more effective. We can move certain things to client service, sort of client self-service, and that is preferred because it, it, it introduces some kind of interesting new relationship types uh, and trust models. But um, But advisors, we believe, are always at the core. Oh, it's great. The um, you said you're a multi-custodial. Is there a reason yes. why you are? Did you start that way? Did you add it because of attracting advisors and being able to track your books? How did you decide which which uh, custodian to use for the client? Oh, custodians! The the great <laughs> the great custodians. Uh, I mean, you know, custodians are really interesting because we think of them as being uniform, but they're actually quite diverse in what they offer and the various kind of qualities of their offerings. There's these, these supermarkets of, of kind of financial awesomeness in a way, uh, but each one is sort of different. And we look at each client and say, what is what is the, what are the needs of this client? And, you know, I can just go sort of like down the list, Apex, Pershing, Fidelity, and Schwab, all fantastic in their own, in their own way. Um, and I'd say like, Apex is very tech forward. Everything is fulfilled digitally. And that's really creates a really nice experience for the right types of clients. Um, and then you have people who have very, very complex wealth and lending and the like. Pershing is just fantastic in terms of, uh, of lending. And, and they are also very, very highly tech enabled these days and continuing to do so. Schwab and Fidelity are sort of like, they're just extremely well trusted. They hold a lot of assets already. They, they have great transition teams. And, and and really know how to make a great experience uh, when we're onboarding advisors. So we really look at each client and say, where does this client need to be? And what services do they need? And, uh, and place them at the right place. That's fascinating. That's a, a very unique um, explanation of how to work with custodians. The... Um, do you have a, which one of these custodians of the four do you have the most assets on? Uh, we currently are actually pretty evenly split across the board, believe it or not. And the, and like I would love to say like the reason why is this, but again, clients are driving everything that we do. So it's really about like the out of the um, <laughs> I guess out of the process of uh, the, the simple process of of analyzing clients and saying where do they need to be emerges a pretty even split. So I think that shows you kind of how good the custodians are and like it various things and they have each have their own kinds of niches and sort of like 
things that they do well and things that they 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 are have a comparative advantage in. It's true. They are all building now tech at a pretty fast rate because they realize that's one of the differentiators is how well their tech works and how well you can integrate their services into your platform. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I have to say that, like, that um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of like old versus new, and look at what those people are doing. But I, I think I look at us as occupying different sort of, I guess, time phases and roles in, in the ecosystem. Uh, and every big financial institution is really good at what they do. They're highly optimized. They are typically, you know, very, very, uh, and, and something I've noticed in the last few years is they're very, very motivated to, to improve, um, and, and sort of like looking for, Hey, where can we plug in and sort of like, what can we do to, to be a better custodian? And it's great. It's an awesome time to be sort of at that level above custodians where we're at the true kind of end-to-end client experience level. You mentioned alternative investments earlier. Do you support that on your own internally or do you have a partner uh, marketplace or another vendor that you just do uh, manage the, uh, or provide the alternative investments for your clients? The alternative investments are a, a really, a really kind of, uh, are, are going through, it's not a renaissance, I guess it's a birth for a lot of people um, versus a, a rebirth. And um if we think about what's happened, so we have had the rise over, over, over a few years of, um, kind of aggregators of of uh, alternative assets like Case and iCapital, and we we access alternatives through them. We also have seen a lot of like something that's a little bit more interesting to us and um, or, or a little bit more differentiated is we've seen a bunch of kind of point plays in assets. So everything is being securitized. It feels like these days, or everything is being granted access and democratized assets. So we actually have a robust and growing alternatives marketplace. You can access uh, your kind of more traditional investments through places like Case, but you can also access things like direct investments and startup equity uh, through our marketplace. And um, there's artwork and all of these various things that are coming up every single day. We have a team that's just sitting there looking at them and saying, is this good? Is this good for our clients? Is it something our clients are interested in? Um, and, you know, and, and making sure that they are, you know, legitimate investments and uh it's just a phenomenal time to be able to provide to provide access to it to alternatives that's super interesting so you built the father alternative investments marketplace where your clients that's can right. invest in things securitized assets like art or startup equity that's 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 correct and and that and that is always growing that that uh, that marketplace is always growing because there are lots of people on the ground doing the kind of uh, individual work in each asset class or each uh, e each kind of investment area, and there's, there are new ones every day, um, which is which is really great. And again, the kind of the kind of uh, theme of Farther is bringing all these things together in one place, uh, not fifty places. You don't want to have fifty logins to see all of your investments. You just want to be able to access them. <laughs> That is a problem with the industry. There's too many portals. There's too many ways to look too many at portals. your custodian. Right? You got one for your custodian, one for financial planning, one for your held away assets, one for your insurance, one for your alternative investments, and so on and so forth. So certainly having it in one place is a huge advantage. The, the the TMP problem, the too many portals problem. That's a that's a new t-shirt as well. I'm working on an article I'm about the publisher. It's called don't bring me another client portal, which is a quote, a direct quote from a broker dealer I was talking to. Him. <laughs> this is too I mean, it's, 
it's really it's really overwhelming and i think you know the hardest part about starting a, a starting a place like farther is we are focused on holistic wealth so that's a lot of areas and that, that we have to cover we were able to cover them and uh, do it very very efficiently and a lot of that is a lot of planning and sort of uh, uh, a lot of design system design kind of work um but at the end of the day, this is a major pain point. It seems easy just to add another portal, just add another portal. But then you have 16 portals and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is too many portals. <laughs> it is. Uh, so being focused on holistic wealth is something we push our clients to do and push our vendors to help support. So in your drive towards holistic wealth, I saw in your article you reported and you, you were mentioning you have 250 million in your hand. Uh, what is it now and what's your goal by the end of this year? So we just passed, so so just a, a little bit of a growth trajectory kind of thing. So we started farther and uh, it was just me and my co-founder, Taylor, who is our CEO and he's he's based out in San Francisco. Um, and um, we, so when we started farther, it was, it was just us. And we know that this is a trust-based industry and of course, we continue to grow the team and, and particularly really focus on growing the technology and, and building the minimal viable product to serve holistic well. We have, that took us a long time. It took us basically a year, year and a half of doing nothing but um, nothing but actual tech to grow or doing nothing but tech. And um, so we really were just aggregating kind of alpha clients and beta clients and beta advisors and 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 the like and we just continue to continue to grow that now over time we've gone from like last year we you know we just surpassed 70 people uh 35 advisors and um and our as you can imagine our assets are growing quite quite quickly um and you know i'll decline to say what actual asset numbers are, are growing but you know we more than 10x last year we'll we're on track to kind of do the same over and over again and that's something beautiful about technology too because you can handle a lot more scale if it's built right, it scales. That's right. Building it right is hard, but we're on the right. We, we have proven that we, we're able to scale it up uh, at this point uh, and feel and are very proud of the team's accomplishments in that area. So what is your, do you have an account minimum? Uh, what's the minimum a client needs to open an account and farther? And what's your median account size? So uh, minimums. So on this, and this is something where we get to think a little bit about a little bit differently. Minimums are an expression of operational constraints. So I used to be an advisor, and I used to be in the ultra high net worth space. So we used to have minimums, and the reality is that we just couldn't provide a, a service that was um, that was the right type of service for clients below a certain threshold. We are not. We are unconstrained from operational constraints because technology moves so fast and moves so quickly, and so much of this is quantitative. So we don't have to actually say, look at our operations and say, we can't serve that client, which is really great. However, we are appropriate for only certain types of clients. And realistically, we are focused on complex clients. Most of our clients are kind of high net worth or near net high net worth. And um, and I say near high net worth, it's those people who are in the in the building phases of, of wealth, entrepreneurs, um, executives at uh who have like a lot of rfus and stuff uh, at big firms so typically the marker for us is less minimums than complexity um and uh, in the types of service that we can provide we want to be able to provide outstanding value to our clients and those are the types of clients we can provide outstanding value to 
one question I just had to ask, you know, putting my marketing hat on, the, the domain name farther.com is such a great word, farther. It's, it's hard to find English words that, that are you know, not specifically, you don't have the word wealth in them or invest or advisors. So it means something that people can grab on. Like the word farther, like that's a cool name. What did it cost you, if you're only asking to buy farther.com? <laughs> So, oh, so this is actually a really, really funny kind of like, uh, kind of, kind of uh, story. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it did cost us some money. It wasn't some exorbitant fee, but I think it was more so that that Taylor had to actually like go do this negotiation with a business owner in Ohio uh, who was retiring. It was like, you know, it was just kind of a funny situation because everyone squatted on the on the words, on real words in the in the early stages of the internet um, and, and, and sort of ate them up. And that's why we had things in Silicon Valley named like Quigley and Durbly and all these kind of names. So we were actually like really psyched to get a real aspirational word <laughs> and, and negotiating hard for it. Yeah, it's a great word. I mean, I, I can imagine what you spent, you know, knowing some other firms, listening to uh... Uh, listen to a lot of other podcasts like Reed Hoffman and other startups, you know, um, talking about how they're telling their their companies, look, you just got to buy it. You got to you're gonna, you swallow your pride and buy that name. You need it. Without that word, whatever that happens to be, <laughs> you will not survive. So it's great that you got, well, you got that domain. Well, I, I do think there is something to this, though, that like, you know, people who are who grabbed the real names are like they, they were innovators in their day. And and, uh, you know, we actually I don't think had to pay that much for it. But I think that what really took was our story. We were saying this is what we're doing. We're building this thing. And someone who is now like kind of at the end of their career was like, this is this sounds great. <laughs> you know, I want to be a part of this and, and sort of help it along, which is a lot of the story of farther is going around telling a story about growth and innovation and how we're going to change an industry and, you know, get enough good, good people to come along and all of a sudden you're, you're where we are. Where do you see the business in two to three years from now? What, what can we expect from farther in terms of success, in terms of growth, in terms of technology? Uh, so, so I would say that uh, in the next couple, in the next couple of years, uh, you know, we are really we are really at the phase where we're hitting our stride and we have been just had our ear to the ground constantly and had a talented team listening to advisor feedback, client feedback, and just integrating all the things in, into our platform. And we are really at the point where our learning rate is still very high, but we are really just starting to scale this up right now. So you're going to see, you're going to see, you know, hundreds of advisors on, on the farther platform. Um, and uh, many, many, many more clients. And I think that very importantly, you're going to see us setting standard um, in terms of what it means to have a, a true complex wealth experience. And you're going to see a lot more personalization. You're going to see a lot, a lot better kind of performance operationally. And, um, and a lot of that flows through to your ability to act actually flows through to kind of returns for clients as well. So we're, we're a really fun phase where we have a, we, we have, put in the work to do like, the kind of dirty work to do, to have a tech and like a truly, truly enabled uh, tech enabled experience. And now we get to really start composing that into higher level things. So I'm pretty excited about what's coming up farther. Well, you're growing pretty fast and I know you're, you're expanding your exec team, just hired a new chief operating officer. Congratulations. That's a big step. 
and in your growth, uh, your growth as you build out your executive team. Um, and I just want to thank you for being on the program. We, uh, we run out of time. Where can people find out more information about Farther? We, we all know the answer, but I want, you, I want to hear you say, where can we find out more Far- information? Farther.com. Go farther. <laughs> go farther. No, it's not gofarther.com. It's just farther.com. No, it's just, farther, it's just farther.com. It's just, exactly. it's just got, farther.com. You got the real thing. Farther. But you can also chant. Yeah, if you chant go farther, um, in the New York area, I'll probably be near. I'll appear. It'll be like the bat signal, in a way. <laughs> well, we won't do that. Great, Brad. Thank you so much for being on the program. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Craig. I really appreciate you having me on. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Father started as a robo-advisor with their own wealth tech platform, but pivoted into more of a traditional RIA when they hired advisors to focus on high net worth clients. Brad said that they see an even split when they're uh, recruiting from uh, of advisors between independent and wirehouse. Number two, they are building an experience layer on top of the financial system. Now I tried to get Brad to talk about some of the software applications they were using, but he didn't seem to want to. Although he did mention they're using Plaid for data aggregation. Uh, they are multi-custodial and they spread assets across Apex, Fidelity, Pershing, and Schwab. Uh, Brad felt that Pershing was very strong in lending and tech-enabled, which I also hear a lot about Apex. They are also very well tech-enabled and API forward. He mentioned Fidelity and Schwab, well-trusted and have great transition teams. And finally, uh, a, a Father is leveraging their technology to develop recommendations in a quantitatively driven way, which now that I'm reading it, I find interesting. and I should have followed up on that, but that'll have to be saved for our next interview. So you've listened to an entire episode. Congratulations. Thanks for getting to this point. And before you go, please go to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage and subscribe to our newsletter. Once a month, you will receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, analysis, information. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening. Talk to you all again next time. <music>